Chapter fourteen of Bellamy or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Bellamy or the History of a Scoundrel by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter fourteen. The Will the church was draped in black and over the door a large escutcheon surmounted by a coronet announced to the passers-by that a nobleman was being buried the ceremony was just over those present went out slowly passing by the coffin and by count de vaudrec's nephew who shook hands and returned salutations when georges du roi and his wife left the church they walked along side by side on their way home they did not speak they were both preoccupied at length georges said as if talking to himself truly it is very astonishing madeleine asked what my friend that vaudrec left us nothing she blushed and said why should he leave us anything had he any reason for doing so then after several moments of silence she continued perhaps there is a will at a lawyer's we should not know of it he replied that is possible for he was our best friend he dined with us twice a week he came at any time he was at home with us he loved you as a father he had no family no children no brothers nor sisters only a nephew yes there should be a will i would not care for much a remembrance to prove that he thought of us that he recognized the affection we felt for him we should certainly have a mark of friendship she said with a pensive and indifferent air it is possible that there is a will when they entered the house the footman handed madeleine a letter she opened it and offered it to her husband office of monsieur lamaneur notary seventeen rue des vosges madame kindly call at my office at a quarter past two o'clock tuesday wednesday or thursday on business which concerns you yours respectfully lamaneur georges in his turn coloured that is as it should be it is strange however that he should write to you and not to me for i am the head of the family legally shall we go at once she asked yes i should like to after luncheon they set out for monsieur lamaneur's office the notary was a short round man round all over his head looked like a ball fastened to another ball which was supported by legs so short 
that they too almost resembled balls he bowed as duroy and his wife were shown into his office pointed to seats and said turning to madeleine madame i sent for you in order to inform you of count de vaudrec's will which will be of interest to you georges could not help muttering i suspected that the notary continued i shall read you the document which is very brief i the undersigned paul emile cyprien gontran count de vaudrec sound in body and mind here express my last wishes as death might take me away at any moment i wish to take the precaution of drawing up my will to be deposited with monsieur lamaneur having no direct heirs i bequeath all my fortune comprising stocks and bonds for six hundred thousand francs and landed property for five hundred thousand to madame claire madeleine du roi unconditionally i beg her to accept that gift from a dead friend as a proof of devoted profound and respectful affection the notary said that is all that document bears the date of august last and took the place of one of the same nature made two years ago in the name of madame claire madeleine forestier i have the first will which would prove in case of contestation on the part of the family that count de vaudrec had not changed his mind madeleine cast down her eyes her cheeks were pale georges nervously twisted his moustache the notary continued after a moment's pause it is of course understood that madame cannot accept that legacy without your consent duroy rose and said shortly i ask time for reflection the notary smiled bowed and replied pleasantly i comprehend the scruples which cause you to hesitate i may add that monsieur de vaudrec's nephew who was informed this morning of his uncle's last wishes expresses himself as ready to respect them if he be given one hundred thousand francs in my opinion the will cannot be broken but a lawsuit would cause a sensation which you would probably like to avoid the world often judges uncharitably can you let me have your reply before saturday georges bowed and together with his wife left the office when they arrived home duroy closed the door and throwing his hat on the bed asked what were the relations between you and vaudrec madeleine who was taking off her veil turned around with a shudder between us yes between you and him 
one does not leave one's entire fortune to a woman unless she trembled and could scarcely take out the pins which fastened the transparent tissue then she stammered in an agitated manner you are mad you are you are you did not think he would leave you anything georges replied emphasizing each word yes he could have left me something me your husband his friend but not you my wife and his friend the distinction is material in the eyes of the world madeleine gazed at him fixedly it seems to me that the world would have considered a legacy from him to you very strange why because she hesitated then continued because you are my husband because you were not well acquainted because i have been his friend so long because his first will made during forestier's lifetime was already in my favour georges began to pace to and fro he finally said you cannot accept that she answered indifferently very well it is not necessary then to wait until saturday you can inform monsieur lamaneur at once he paused before her and they gazed into one another's eyes as if by that mute and ardent interrogation they were trying to examine each other's consciences in a low voice he murmured come confess your relations she shrugged her shoulders you are absurd vaudrec was very fond of me very but there was nothing more never he stamped his foot you lie it is not possible she replied calmly it is so nevertheless he resumed his pacing to and fro then pausing again he said explain to me then why he left all his fortune to you she did so with a nonchalant air it is very simple as you said just now we were his only friends or rather i was his only friend for he knew me when a child my mother was a governess in his father's house he came here continually and as he had no legal heirs he selected me it is possible that he even loved me a little but what woman has never been loved thus he brought me flowers every monday you were never surprised at that and he never brought you any to-day he leaves me his fortune for the same reason because he had no one else to leave it to it would on the other hand have been extremely surprising if he had left it to you why what are you to him she spoke so naturally and so calmly that georges hesitated before replying it makes no difference we cannot accept that bequest under those conditions 
everyone would talk about it and laugh at me my fellow journalists are already too much disposed to be jealous of me and to attack me i have to be especially careful of my honour and my reputation i cannot permit my wife to accept a legacy of that kind from a man whom rumour has already assigned to her as her lover forestier might perhaps have tolerated that but i shall not she replied gently very well my dear we will not take it it will be a million less in our pockets that is all georges paced the room and uttered his thoughts aloud thus speaking to his wife without addressing her yes a million so much the worse he did not think when making his will what a breach of etiquette he was committing he did not realize in what a false ridiculous position he was placing me he should have left half of it to me that would have made matters right he seated himself crossed his legs and began to twist the ends of his moustache as was his custom when annoyed uneasy or pondering over a weighty question madeleine took up a piece of embroidery upon which she worked occasionally and said i have nothing to say you must decide it was some time before he replied then he said hesitatingly the world would never understand how it was that vaudrec constituted you his sole heiress and that i allowed it to accept that legacy would be to avow guilty relations on your part and an infamous lack of self-respect on mine do you know how the acceptance of it might be interpreted we should have to find some adroit means of palliating it we should have to give people to suppose for instance that he divided his fortune between us giving half to you and half to me she said i do not see how that can be done since there is a formal will he replied oh that is very simple we have no children you can therefore deed me part of the inheritance in that way we can silence malignant tongues she answered somewhat impatiently i do not see how we can silence malignant tongues since the will is there signed by vaudrec he said angrily do you need to exhibit it or affix it to the door you are absurd we will say that the fortune was left us jointly by count de vaudrec that is all you cannot moreover accept the legacy without my authority i will only consent on the condition of a partition which will prevent me from becoming a laughing-stock for the world she glanced sharply at him as you will i am ready 
he seemed to hesitate again rose paced the floor and avoiding his wife's piercing gaze he said no decidedly no perhaps it would be better to renounce it altogether it would be more correct more honourable from the nature of the bequest even charitably disposed people would suspect illicit relations he paused before madeleine if you like my darling i will return to monsieur lamaneur's alone to consult him and to explain the matter to him i will tell him of my scruples and i will add that we have agreed to divide it in order to avoid any scandal from the moment that i accept a portion of the inheritance it will be evident that there is nothing wrong i can say my wife accepts it because i her husband accept i who am the best judge of what she can do without compromising herself madeleine simply murmured as you wish he continued yes it will be as clear as day if that is done we inherit a fortune from a friend who wished to make no distinction between us thereby showing that his liking for you was purely platonic you may be sure that if he had given it a thought that is what he would have done he did not reflect he did not foresee the consequences as you said just now he offered you flowers every week he left you his wealth she interrupted him with a shade of annoyance i understand no more explanations are necessary go to the notary at once he stammered in confusion you are right i will go he took his hat and as he was leaving the room he asked shall i try to compromise with the nephew for fifty thousand francs she replied haughtily no give him the hundred thousand francs he demands and take them from my share if you wish abashed he murmured no we will share it after deducting fifty thousand francs each we will still have a million net then he added until later my little mad he proceeded to the notaries to explain the arrangement decided upon which he claimed originated with his wife the following day they signed a deed for five hundred thousand francs which madeleine du roi gave up to her husband on leaving the office as it was pleasant georges proposed that they take a stroll along the boulevard he was very tender very careful of her and laughed joyously while she remained pensive and grave it was a cold autumn day the pedestrians seemed in haste and walked along rapidly 
duroy led his wife to the shop into the windows of which he had so often gazed at the coveted chronometer shall i buy you some trinket he asked she replied indifferently as you like they entered the shop what would you prefer a necklace a bracelet or earrings the sight of the brilliant gems made her eyes sparkle in spite of herself as she glanced at the cases filled with costly baubles suddenly she exclaimed there is a lovely bracelet it was a chain very unique in shape every link of which was set with a different stone georges asked how much is that bracelet the jeweller replied three thousand francs sir if you will let me have it for two thousand five hundred i will take it the man hesitated then replied no sir it is impossible duroy said see here throw in this chronometer at fifteen hundred francs that makes four thousand and i will pay cash if you do not agree i will go somewhere else the jeweller finally yielded very well sir the journalist after leaving his address said you can have my initials g r c interlaced below a baron's crown engraved on the chronometer madeleine in surprise smiled and when they left the shop she took his arm quite affectionately she thought him very shrewd and clever he was right now that he had a fortune he must have a title they passed the vaudeville on their way and entering secured a box then they repaired to madame de marelle's at georges suggestion to invite her to spend the evening with them georges rather dreaded the first meeting with clotilde but she did not seem to bear him any malice or even to remember their disagreement the dinner which they took at a restaurant was excellent and the evening altogether enjoyable georges and madeleine returned home late the gas was extinguished and in order to light the way the journalist from time to time struck a match on reaching the landing on the first floor they saw their reflections in the mirror duroy raised his hand with the lighted match in it in order to distinguish their images more clearly and said with a triumphant smile the millionaires are passing by end of chapter 14 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.